Welcome, my friends, to Scrimey Review of the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems and also talk about a whole lot of other stuff that is, I'm just really excited to talk about. Like, I, the I, rapidly we, growing latter <laughs> half of the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Dennis, I've really been looking. We spend so much more time with each other than we ever have before in our entire friendship. Like, we, we hang out mm. more or less every day now. But I'm still very excited to record this podcast. It's a different tone. It's a little more structured. Yeah. We've got, like, I don't know. It's it's the best kind of fun. It's structured fun. Are you, are mm. you a believer of that? Are, do you like a pub quiz? Uh, a pub quiz, that's a separate issue, but I am, I am a fan of structured fun. Structured fun. Like, I like playing games. The, like, D&D is the only game where I think rule zero is most fun is most important. Is mm-hmm. true. Mm. Other games, like, let's talk about Monopoly, for example. Oh. Other games, um, people have put in time to test what is the most fun mm. way to play mm. the game most of the time, generally. Yep. Yeah, they've got your best interest. The, the rule book has your best interest at, interest at heart. At the, uh, they want you to have a fun balance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to have some good, clean, structured fun today, Dennis. Before by- starting the podcast, Riley said, okay, ready to record? Good luck. Have fun. And I was yes. like, what? Okay. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have, we're going to just have some fun today. And Dennis, if you want to have fun, mm-hmm. there's no better way to do mm-hmm. it than mm-hmm. play a game mm-hmm. of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Unless mm-hmm. it is to play a game. Mm-hmm. Of the Pokemon trading card game, mm-hmm. and even then, should neither of those options sate your appetite for structured fun, there's also Flesh and Blood. We've got Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards on the website now as well. Are you joking me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no matter your chosen or preferred uh, configuration of color cardboard, cardboard vice, that's it. That's it. Channel Fireball is there to look after you. What's what's cooking at CFP this week, Dennis? What's cooking this week, Riley? Is these booster crates? Okay. These holiday booster crates. Tell so when you hear this crates. message, mm-hmm. move fast. Because specifically, the Commander Legends crate is selling out like nobody's business. Yeah. All the StarCraft players with their massive APMs. They're, they're, they're the ones who are <laughs> yeah. clicking through the, the sales page, typing in that coupon code NIGHT at record speed. Because, of course, mm-hmm. it is one of the, Easiest if type, not the shortest and easiest ones to type. So, yes. Um, so, you're going to have to act fast. Beat those StarCraft pros. Yeah, but there's a bunch of them there. There's the Commander Legends Booster Crate. There's mm-hmm. the Zendikar Rising Booster. The Zendikar Rising Collector Booster Crate also got popular. But mm-hmm. the Commander Legends one is the real prize. Oh, yeah, it's the real prize, yeah. So by, by the time we listen to this podcast, it might be too late. I was playing in the uh, Commander Legends... Oh, not Commander Legends, sorry. The Commander Boxing League. Mm. Um, I did that last night. That was It was actually really good fun. It was it was really... I thought it was going to be fun. It was more fun than I thought it would be. What's the format like? Like, I know like I know what it is, but... This is what I loved about it, right? Like, my, yeah. generally when I play EDH, we play kind of low power, maybe like a five or a six, but playing what was kind of like limited commander because it's sealed, right? It meant that it was like, oh, if I resolve a bomb, it's not just getting like immediately... Everyone doesn't have infinite doom blades. Everyone doesn't have infinite doom blades. Or, oh, no, sweepers is the thing. It's not like, mm. oh, if I play this bomb, my board's going to be annihilated. It's like, oh, the, the, the murder that one person has been sandbagging is going to kill it. It was actually... It was really fun and playing with strangers was something that i haven't done a lot of just mm-hmm. playing with just randos and i played with like three dudes who were just randos on spell table just just good good honest fun gamut one of them got mana screwed and like you know had a I, probably a worse time as a result of it but like wasn't just didn't drag everyone down with the bad energy or anything someone had a turn you know an early soul turn to soul ring and like ran away but like it, it just it was just really good did they know who you were energy. Riley? they did they did they did you get you got to play Mr. Big Time? Do you want to know how much fuss they made of it as well? It's either a lot or little. God, I hope it's little. It's like one out of ten. It was, it oh, was cool. The, it was the Anyone perfect amount. It was the perfect amount. It was like, oh, Riley's here. Cool, cool. All right. 
That's it. That was excellent. You know, that's what you want, dude. That right? was. It was. It was. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm a big time celebrity or anything else like that, but like, one thing I've noticed, right, is that sometimes in settings like that, whenever you know, if I'm playing with like in a side event or Jeep or anything else like that, people kind of feel like they don't want to offend you, and so they don't try. Especially in more casual stuff like Commander, like you won't get targeted because they don't. Want, mm. Oh, I don't want to upset the you know the the commentator. I was like, well, no, I don't want to play a game. Like you can stop my face. I'm probably going to lose. I know that. But there was another. It was really good. It was a really, really good atmosphere. Really good vibes. Um, and I recommend. I'm going to be doing it next week again. I'm going to do it next week again. I'm going to. I'm going to run back. I'm probably going to rebuild my deck. My deck didn't end up being very good. Um, so I'm going to rebuild it. And uh, so those of you who don't know, right? You go to commander. You go to channelfiber.com like slash something commander boxing boxing league boxing league something like that. You can buy a boxing league kit. They're they're reasonable value. Obviously, get the commander legends one. Don't get any others. They'll send them to you. Slash boxing dash league. Out of the box, you build a hundred card commander deck and then you just play with other people who are on a similar power level it's um it's really good i recommend it very highly that's right, the shall we, d- shall we dive in Riley? Shall hashtag we dive into hashtag sponsor doling out that sick sick advice yep that's it i just want to make sure that i'm all got all my disclosures you're all squared away i don't want i don't want the government to come and think well this riley is being very complimentary of uh is this some <laughs> kind of undisclosed sponsorship thing here going now, on there's a fly in this room that is not living up to the name of its species right now it's just crawling up and down the curtain over and over again it's just a walk it's a, it's a yeah it's a walk <laughs> what would you be called if you were a fly a host a, a, sit? a talk a sit a sit a sit what, yeah what, what what a lot mean? of sits Oh, it's like if, what what my main thing is, yeah. A talk. Main function, not your main method of locomotion. A talk. Main function. A talk. I'd be a, a talk. talk. Yeah, that's the main thing that I do to make money. What would you? What oh, would you think the fly, does the fly get? Does the flag get paid to fly? Well, I assume so. That's what they if do. He do. If he does, I didn't hear him say hashtag ad, and they're going to be on. They're going to be all over that fly. Yeah. How distracting is the fly for you, Dennis, at the moment? It's 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 walked out of view so i think we're good for now <laughs> okay out of sight out of mind dennis has already threatened me with an interruption to this podcast because he uh he drank some water before the podcast and so he said there's probably going to need to be we're, a- on, we're, on, we're on borrowed time yeah there's going to be a bio break <laughs> at some point so look forward to that everyone anyway we've got a lot to get to uh, get across today we've got a lot to get across some juicy juicy questions mm. um this week which i'm excited to get across and then of course we've got uh charizard Mia river featuring Middle Gear Solid. Fox Dime River. Yeah. Fox Dime <laughs> I finally understand the reference. I didn't get it before. Let's begin. Our first question comes to us from Approach the Second Bun. This is Milton Mendoza. Thank you, Milton, for being a Rusted On fan of the show. And thank you mm. for your contributions both, uh, both then and now. Dear friends, am I the shark? So generally speaking, um, if you're sitting at home typing in a question to the podcast, you're wondering if you're a shark, mm. I would try swimming backwards. And if you survive, you're probably good. Yes. Yes. See, if you if you ever stop swimming and don't immediately die, crushing yourself under your own weight on the seafloor, you're probably not a shark. Yeah. Because, well, their gills fill with water, don't they? If they don't swim constantly. If that's one thing. And also, the, oh, is it that? Or that if they stop swimming, they just sink? No. And they I, think they, I think I think they drown if they, they stop. They drown. Okay, sure. I thought there was something about like they crush themselves, or maybe that's like I know. Th- I know they don't have bones. They don't have bones, and they have got cartilage. Shark- Dude, sharks are cowards. All sharks are by definition spineless. That's true. That's true. They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know some? I think it's tiger sharks. They get um. So the the female tiger shark lays eggs in its in in inside itself, and they hatch inside the the mama it, shark. Right. It like xenomorph itself. Oh, I, can't, I, I can't with it. It's, oviparous or something i can't remember what they're called anyway yes they 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 lay eggs inside themselves right and they hatch and then dennis you, like already this so this is this is the 
oh, we've been taken under the water in Metal Gear Solid 2 bit. Because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so far that's fine. Like, it's weird, but it's fine. Now we're about to go off the rails, as we'll talk about. The sharks eat each other. In, in the belly. In the belly. The baby sharks eat each other until there are just two left. The two decide on a on a truce, and they are the ones that are born. Survival of the fittest, my dude. So where, for humans, it is a... 100 meter sprint, sprint sperm race sharks have boxing basically yeah. <laughs> as their method of selecting they, they play they play player zygos. battle royale battle battlegrounds yeah, they, they, they got some PUBG going on in yeah, there and my that's, favorite part about this is we got six words into the into the question before derailing we did we did alright dear friends am I a shark and we're off did you uh, Milton did you eat your siblings in your mother's uh, uterus because you might be a shark if that happened. You might be a shark. Oh, right. that's 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 the Roddy Dangerfield routine. You might be a shark if Milton asks, "Am I a shark?" Which I quite like that we've now combined two two segments here. Am I a shark? I have this one friend who used to who, who used to not really care about the cards that he had in his collection, as he only played draft. Mm. He would mainly keep whatever valuable cards he would open, so he could try to flip them on eBay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these days you'd want to send them to Channel Farm or your box where you buy. Yeah, Channel Farm has an eBay store. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there we go. Uh, his main focus was how much the card is worth and whether or not the card was, and I quote, pretty, which usually applied to foils. That mm. meant the trading him, with him was not difficult as he would take whatever that he would take whatever had equivalent pricing. Righty, what is the word we use to refer for someone who only values cards at their foil? A sucker? I was I was hoping you'd say magpie and I'd say no a moron, but now okay, you, you sure. scuppered me. Right, yeah, sorry, I uh, <laughs> I got into, gotten too quick there. Fast forward to Theros Beyond Death pre-release, and I opened a collector's pack pulling an extended art foil version of Ox of Agonis, which is a mythic for those of you who don't know, valued at sixty-seven dollars at the time. Well, that I, price is aged like milk. <laughs> when I well, this is this is the, this is the thrust of the question. When I showed him the card, he screamed, "I need to own this!" And he did. After we traded for it, I got a couple of moderately decent cards. This is how Milton puts it. Brazen Borrower, Questing Beast, Nissa Who Shakes the World, Veil of Summer, which is an $11 uncommon. Wow, wow, we were. Uh, from him, he was perfectly happy, giving about $50 worth of cards. Help me with this dilemma. Do I have no soul? Am I a double shark because I've offered trade him valuable cards and used him as a holding cell, trading for those very same cards months later once they have dropped significantly in price? Is it sharking when the person blatantly when the person blatantly wants that destiny? Where is the line drawn? So this person is obviously price savvy. They're selling cards on eBay. Yes, they just don't care now. So you are not a shark or a bad person or an asshole for doing that. You might be an asshole for enabling your friend to be financially stupid. No, it doesn't come within the bound of the question. That's not a shark. That's, that's, that's not, not sharking. No. That's a sharking. I think it's very difficult to shark anyone who is this price savvy. When, look, when someone's determined to be a fish, at some point it is not your responsibility to pull the net out of the water. Like, this is the thing. If, if people are just being like, I don't care about being ripped off, you're not sharking them. They're swimming yeah. into your jaws. Mm-hmm, you're just mm-hmm, chomping mm-hmm. away trying to keep that oxygen flowing through your gills and they're just getting yeah. in your way like what do you expect i think you're good here milton like honestly i think i mean what i said i think is still true you you might want to be like hey you know derek or whatever i've given this guy a name it's derek yep you are this is dumb derek, <laughs> let, me, derek, derek, derek let me talk to you for a second derek you need to stop man you need to stop because i'm using you to flip cards left right and center i'm using you as a basically a safety deposit by term deposit box that i can put cards in knowing that i'll be able to withdraw them later at a better rate I can't judge this. This is basically the entire business model of Sean Farrell. 
you know, buy low, sell high. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just this little microcosm of capitalism. Look, if your friend is happy to do this and your friend knows the value of the cards that are being traded, I think your friend just needs to sort of... People can can off-sound mind and with adequate knowledge make mistakes. I think this is just something that Magic players in particular, especially like Rusted on very enfranchised and experienced ones, have trouble getting across. Like I, you know, I, I'm obviously a huge tight ass, and like I won't, I'll pinch pennies left, right, and center. And I, I would, I would call you value centric. Thank you very much, thank you very much, Dennis. I appreciate the the the, the euphemism there. But like, I, I'll look at situations and be like, how can people like bleed this amount of value? And that's not unique to me as a tight ass, mm. but I think also enhanced by the fact that I'm a magic player, right? But there are some people just like, ah, who cares? It's only money. It's only money. Who cares, right? And I just don't, I just don't understand that attitude at all. But I think some people are just like, ah, I want the shiny thing. I don't care, you know. And I mean, look, it sounds like Derek is that kind of person, yeah. and I, I think you've, I, you've exhibited enough self awareness by writing at this question mm-hmm. that I think you're, I think you're in the clear to use use the, you know, the, the international Swiss bank of Derek as you please. Yeah, the, yeah, this is, uh, this bank offers very favorable rates of return. It's a very solid mm. investment. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> just trading currencies like against the 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 market trends and being like, oh, it's fine. Buying to British pounds now's the best time to do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Milton, you're in the clear here. I think uh, Milton, Milton also has a checkered record as well. If you go back and listen to old episodes. Yeah, Milton, ups and downs. Ups and downs, smiles and frowns. Milton has not been cleared every single time. Um, On this count, though, I think the jury finds him innocent. Of of the charge of being Why a shark. I would say not guilty instead of innocent. Because there's a very important distinction, a very important legal distinction between de- being declared innocent and not guilty. Mm-hmm. Not guilty means... So, sorry, the, the, the important thing is guilty means you did it. Not guilty means we can't prove you did it. It does, but you could have still done you it. You could have still done it. Not guilty doesn't say you didn't do it. It says we, it says it says we are not certain you did. We it. are not certain enough that you did it. Yeah, and that's why that's why it's used in criminal trials and not in civil trials. Mm-hmm. Because in civil trials they have a different standard of proof. You know, the so in a criminal trial you have to you have to be convinced beyond reasonable doubt as a jury, mm-hmm. jury member, right? So you have to think like it's not like a number thing, or I guess you could put it into numbers like. 90% or 95%, but it has to be, there has to be no reasonable doubt in your mind that the person committed the crime for you to say that they're guilty. But in a civil trial, you only have to be 51% sure. You have to, you're, you're, you're allowed to be like more sure than not. Yes, it is on the balance of probabilities, right? And that's, that's, there's a lower standard of proof in a civil trial. And that's why they don't use, that's why it's fines in favor of and not da 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 guilty in a civil trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very, uh, very different, two different uh, systems there. Anyway, Dennis. Right, this next question's a long one. It's a long one. A complicated one, and one that you have far more experience with than I do. Yes, I'm going to talk about this, but Dennis, before we head into this, there's an interesting thing that you said before that I want to bring up. You often say, by showing enough self-awareness to ask this question, I think you, you know, you show you're not an asshole, you're not the shark or whatever else Mm -hmm. like that. I'd like you to keep this principle in mind as we ask, as we get through this question here, okay? This comes into yeah. Someone's going to write in and be like, "Hey, I murdered my girlfriend two weeks ago," and I'm like, "Well, Riley, they did write out the question. Let's not like ask if it was okay." Yeah. No, this one comes into us from uh, an anonymous user who called themselves uh, in a Discord burner account. Called themselves really might be one an asshole in this case. They and the question begins: genuinely wondering if I'm an asshole, feeling Mm. morally uncomfortable with this, so I'm using a burner Discord account. Are you ready? Because the juice is going to drip off of this one, right? <clears throat> it's the arena open day one, and I'm watching a streamer playing this. In the, so no, this the, is chance the, of, the chance of the chance of a streamer in the tournament. Who's playing, yeah. Who, no, no, they're yeah. watching someone play, right? 
They're watching someone play in this tournament. They're not playing. They're watching someone play. I know that's not clear. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. They're yes, watching yes, someone yes, play. Yes. So, really, might be one is watching someone play in the arena open. For those who don't know, arena the arena open is a tournament that's held every now and again, and there are actual pri- there's actual money on the line. It's not just gems and gold and cards. It's actual real life human earth dollars. So, I'm watching a streamer. They're playing the best of one queue. Currently six and zero. Oh, another win gets them to day two. They're in a long mirror match against their seventh opponent. I create a Twitch count with a name similar but not identical to the opponent. For example, the opponent was Magic Player One Two Three Four, and I create MP One Two Three Four, and right. follow the streamer's account on. Tw- uh, so follow the streamer with this account on. So on a little Twitch. notification pops up. The music plays. What have you? The new notification pops up. The streamer begins to say, "Yo, thanks for following," and then reads the the name, the, and then a look of realization dawns upon them when they think they're being stream sniped. They flip out. They call MP1234, to be clear, not the actual Twitch account I created. created. Yeah, a cheat. The mods instantly ban the new account I've made. The streamer takes Arena off his stream, tries to what, continue what? playing, what? fuming mad, constantly cursing MP1234, and eventually they concede the match. So this person, really might be one, has come into the um, this Twitch channel, right? Basically, as a joke, pretended to be the opponent to frame the opponent to for frame sniping. the opponent, like pr- pretending to be this thing just just to be just for a jape here, and the streamer has reacted very strongly indeed, flipping out ban them. The streamer then goes onto their Twitter and check this out by sheer dumb luck, there is another person with a similar ish name, a bit of a stretch, that recently liked a tweet of theirs saying they're going live. The streamer is now utterly convinced they were sniped. The streamer then files a report on arena support against the opponent, which is com- which is compl- the, the, the opponent is completely innocent, right? <laughs> and goes to try to play the rest of the arena open. Someone in chat raised the the point that doesn't make any sense that the user followed the stream when they could just quietly lurk and continue to gain the advantage that way. This is ignored. Paranoia has now fully gripped the mind. When the streamer meets his next opponent, the mods start checking the list of users in the chat to see if this opponent is also sniping. Maybe it really threw him off his game. He went 6-3 and didn't make day two. So losing three in a row after this. When this idea first came into my head, I thought it was being chaotic neutral. But now I'm feeling pretty damn chaotic evil. Am I the asshole? Yes! <laughs> Why? Oh, Why do this? Twas but a jape. Twas but a merry jest, Dennis. Like this is old school internet trolling for the sake of it. Yeah, this is this is some real. This is like some four chan stuff, man. But it's a joke for no one. It's a joke like, with an audience. If you're of with one. your friends and you want to prank somebody, yeah, it's often not in the best interests. But it's like you could argue you're having fun. Who I is mean, this for? Some of my regulars do on my stream. Some of my regulars do this. They'll create novelty accounts with funny names, but never like that's def- different. But yeah, but this is what this, this, what I'm saying is this is as close as it usually gets, right? So, like, I, I told an embarrassing story about some fish food one time, right? And the, you bunch, again, just to be able to know. Uh, I, I can I can I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell that story again. I regret telling it in the first place. Anyway, I can tell it if you want. I can just. Do you know? You know the story, don't you? Of course, I know the oh, story. Oh, jeez. Okay, that story. Can, it's the noodle incident of the podcast. Anyway, so people started creating accounts saying like, "Oh, you know, hello, it's me, a fish," and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, talking about how much they want some fish food. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing is like that's fine that's way on the other side of this line but as you say like this joke has basically an audience of one especially if you don't know the streamer 
Like if you did best this case to scenario, me, you make a weird joke and maybe the stranger goes, "That's funny." Worst case scenario, this this yeah. this is probably the worst case scenario. What I'm, I'm trying to think, what would I do if you did this to me? Let's say yeah, you came I, into I, the I, chat. I, I won't lie, I see shades of myself in this. If you came into my chat and were like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I was sniping you that entire game." Like, let's say that we're playing something and I lose, I play a game, mm-hmm. I, I lose, and then you make a fake account, be like, "Hey, man, GG." Uh, yeah, it was. I could see what was in your hand the whole time. I'd be really annoyed, and I'd tell you off. Like you'd get the response. If anyone ghosts, like uh, some some people have been caught right, ghosting on my stream, and I've had a go. If you went to go and file a report, I'd be like, Riley, it was Dennis. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, and you know, and like we're best mates, so like there's. Well, I think it's fine because all I'm doing there is annoying you and defa- making myself look like an asshole. Which is this something you don't like, mind doing at all. Like, that's no. that's, that, that's a daily Dennis occurrence. Yeah, no problem. This person might be accidentally doxing somebody. Like... Yeah, this is... This is not... Like, the... the I guess, like... So, there was some discussion about this on the Discord. And I think, right. like, again, you know, we give a small amount of credit to really might be one for obviously having a level of self-awareness. But it's still... And, you know, they were saying... Not in their defense, but to sort of give us some context. They were saying, I didn't mean for any of this to happen. I didn't intend for this to happen. That's you had not- ample opportunity to stop it at many points. But what they're saying is like this isn't the op- this isn't what I wanted out of it, right? Because that makes it even worse, right? Riley, I I set the trolley off the tracks, but I didn't expect it to kill anybody. I, I'm not okay. You mis you you're misinterpreting me. I'm not saying no. This no I, I, you're you're quoting. I know. I'm 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 just. I'm not. I'm not saying. And I don't think through you. And I don't think they think it gets them out of it either, right? I think if they said, "Oh yeah, this is this is isn't this a funny story? This is exactly what I wanted." Then there's just no debate. There's, there's no discussion, right? Whereas saying like, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen is not, it's a bit of a cop-out, but at least it it shows some shred of remorse. And I mean, look, they've they've written in, they could have just never said anything about this. I think that was what they should have done. I think they should have taken this to the grave. Taste, no, never tell anyone? Never tell anyone. Close never. the guarded secret. Okay, well, go back you and, and the hellfish, man. delete all the Discord uh, messages and find a way to hack the this, CFB this podcast is, mainframe to delete this episode. Because This is the most assholey thing we've had written into the podcast, that the person who wrote where the person who wrote the question was the asshole. Yeah, we've had ones where were they? Someone else was an yeah, asshole. Yeah, else, but this is, yeah, it's pretty bad. But this is really bad, really might be one. Like, ghosting really rustles my jimmies. And, That's fine. And... No, but like, and, and taking it, like I'm saying, this is why it hits hard for, for streamers mm. is because like, it's so, it feels so unfair when people take advantage and like cheat in this way. And so, man, it's, it's. It's not cheating, right? They're putting the information out there. They know the risks. Okay. It's literally cheating. Wizards of. It's not cheating. Wizards, you're, you're wizards putting, have you're, said it is literally cheating in the you're rules. You're putting the information out there. It's not okay, cheating. Dennis, it's not cheating to draw two cards a turn if I do it quickly enough and they don't notice. That's correct. Like the cards are there on the table. Like it's only I could cheating just, if you get caught. It's I could. Only cheating I could just, all right, Dennis Stranjak, everyone. It's only cheating if he gets caught. Ridiculous. You know, what, you know, you know what cheating is if you don't if you don't get caught. What is it? Winning. All right, mate. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Dennis doesn't actually believe this, by the way. No, I don't. <laughs> Dennis does not. He's just trying to. He's trying to. He's trying to raise my hackles, and he's doing a good job. Anyway, I'm playing uh, Satan lawyer. This is. Oh, it's not good. Really, might be one. No, it's not really might be one. It's definitely is one in this. Definitely situation. is one. Yes, you're yeah. an asshole. You listener of the podcast. Are an we finally did it. We usually don't say like usually people when people write me like ah you know you've got good taste in podcasts that absolves you of anything. But yeah, sorry, really might be one. I mean, at this point, I bet they listen to limited resources, right? And I do not say that lightly. Whoa, people- I mean, if you're going to, st- I mean, now, I mean, that's on the border. That's bloody. You're going to get found guilty of bloody libel or defamation. Yeah, you know, actually not. Obviously, that's a civil a civil suit. It's not criminal. It's not criminal. Yeah, to- I'll get found on the balance of probability. Of yes, yeah, you, it'll be found favor. in the favor of the plaintiff, not the defendant. Exactly right. All right, right. We got some actual magic gathering advice. Someone's taken a break from building drills to write into the podcast. 
Mm, okay. Their name is Jethro. Mm-hmm. Jethro and Drills. Nope. Okay, it's lost on me. If I remember correctly, Jethro Tull are named after a, a ancient drill like making old, company. No, an old businessman. One second. Okay, Jethro this is great Tull. podcasting. This is really good podcasting. Dennis looks up the <laughs> etymology of a after band from 18th century agriculturist. Yes. Okay, so Jethro now we're Jethro okay, Tull. Now we're, we're talking about 18th century agrarian practices. Jethro Tull agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Who helped bring about the British culture? He perfected a horse-drawn seed drill. Okay, so yeah, all right, you did it, you did it. So Jethro has taken a time out of from the, the the development of 18th century agrarian techniques to write in, to write in here. Uh, do you want to read right, question. Last year I quit Twitter because I was too busy formating a horse-drawn seed drill. No. <laughs> Last year I quit Twitter because it was having a detrimental effect on my mental health. I now regret making so much fun of Jethro's name. <laughs> I, I don't regret my decision, but when listening to Magic Podcasts, I feel behind on the latest MTG news and controversy. I have to assume they mean other podcasts and not this one. <laughs> Uh, how can I keep up with the MTG news that without reinstalling the Doom Scroller, or do I just need to quit podcasts? You don't need to quit podcasts. Don't pick, don't, really first joy, of all, let's, quit it. let's let's not quit podcasts. That's that's just that's just let's just get that that's, that right in the book. That's off the table. That's off the table. Off the table. Curation. Redownload the Doom Scroller and curate it. Okay. Mute words that mm. like if you if you don't want to read about coronavirus because yep. it's bumming out, mm-hmm. mute it. Yep. If you don't read about the elections, or I mean, I think I I personally think. It's not a good idea to blind yourself to issues like that. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people. This is something I've talked about in my personal life with Nikki before, because Nikki, my, my my fiance, would say, "I'm getting so bummed out about like reading about coronavirus." This was called months ago when pandemic because I can full swing on a little earlier, and I would say, "Stop reading about it." Yeah. She's like, "What do you mean? It's everywhere." And I was like, "But like, I feel like you seek it out sometimes. Yes. You like yeah. Google how many new cases we this, had." In this definitely today. happens as well. Yeah. When I'm cross about something, I'll go and look up what people are saying about it so I can be cross at what they're saying as well, and that's just mm-hmm. it's so bad. And you got to stop. Yes. And, and now Twitter is a little bit different because it'll shove that stuff on you a little bit. And mm. also, if you even like, honestly, some of the stuff that's going on in the world right now is so ubiquitous. Even if you only followed Magic the Gathering personalities, it's still going to bleed. You would in. still get it. Yeah. But you can limit it a lot by muting words you mm. don't want to interact with. And like, mm. look, I'm a little bit torn. I think it's a little bit immature when some people censor their own feeds way too much. I do. I think that's. I don't think that's good. Yeah. I think. I yeah. think you're too. I think you're too quick to formulate yourself into an echo chamber. But I think you're only likely to do that if you mute only people you disagree with and and continue to amplify people you do agree with on issues. Mm. But if you're just not interested in hearing about stuff that bums you out and you want to use Twitter as a Magic the Gathering mm. app, mm. I think that's totally defensible. Yep. And I mean, I, I make a point of many of the Twitter accounts that I follow are novelty or silly or funny accounts mm. that, that it just, they break up all the... Dude, I follow Big Ben on Twitter. Oh, the, the one that tweets, tweets out bong every hour? Well, so it's at the number of bongs that the hour is, but yes. Sure. <laughs> th- in, in 10 minutes, it's going to tweet bong, bong, bong. You like that? Is I'm, that the sort e- of content I, you I, I eagerly await it. Wow, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I follow like ClickHole and, and all that sort mm-hmm. of, all the, all the nonsense ones. I just, I love all that sort of stuff and it, it, it helps to break it up. But I mean, this is a real thing. It, you know, <laughs> scrolling through it and a limitless news feed of, of, of doom and gloom, especially with all the stuff that this year has given us is it's not fun. But how? Let's okay. So that's that's one solution is curating, curating your feed. Let's say that re-downloading Twitter is just off the off the table. How? What's another good way to stay in touch, like with with the the news controversy that's going on in Magic? 
There are podcasts that will do that for you. Like Magic FM do a good job of talking yes. about whatever the hottest yeah. topic is. The later, Monday later. meta as well. Yeah. If yeah. you want to talk actual, actual like game That's more, stuff. more gameplay stuff, less cultural stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, you, like, I don't think you'd be worried about doing that behind. It's not that important, honestly. Now, if it's alienating you from the content you want to consume and you feel yeah. like you can't keep up, yeah. that's fine. But like you say, you know, how do I do it without feeling behind? I think it's okay to feel a little behind. Here's another tip as well. How about this? I often get people, I'll, I'll be discussing the hot button issues in, in my stream, right? Like people will be saying, right. oh, you know, what do you think of this new secret lair? Or what do you think of this whatever, right? Like the metal stuff, right? So we talk about the, the you know, there's all the metal thing that's going on with Kaldheim. Yeah. Brilliant move from Wizards, by the way. Like so many nerds love metal. I don't get it. But like so- people aren't mad about that, right? They're mad because they're paying the metal bands. No, 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 no. But I'm, talk- I'm, just, I'm just talking about the general move of like involving mm-hmm. metal in magic. Mm-hmm. Just like it's it's the most natural place mm-hmm. for yeah. It's 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 like the next one's going to be with Doritos and Mountain Dew. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. just it's I, I just anyway. But um, you know, people come in like, oh, what's all this stuff? And I'm like, honestly, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm not really interested in it. Like, right. I, I doesn't resonate with me that much, and it, I don't think like from a branding perspective, I'm like oh, it makes sense because there are going to be a lot of people who are into it. But I look at this and I'm just like, I don't care about this at all. You don't but care then, a mastodon. But then there are some people in the chat who are like, hang on, what's this? Right. So if Jethro is looking for a place to like find out about this sort of stuff, head into a streamer that you like, someone who you know is going to be like positive and friendly about it, or, or be able to explain stuff into the way that you like. You know, which sort of like friendly creatures, like um. And you can ask your questions like, hang on, I've missed this. What is blah, 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 right? And then you can get basically a tailor-made explanation to you and ask any questions that you want with a streamer that is, you know, will be grateful to have someone in the in the, in the the chat having a chat, having a talk about things. So that, that's another way to keep in touch with, I guess, someone who's going to be a little more on top of issues without having to go through like Twitter or without having to scroll right. through articles or, you know, visit like, heaven forbid, the Reddit, you know, that sort of thing. Riley, we got my favorite kind of advice. Oh, go on. League of Legends advice. League of Legends advice. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan White hide so much nonsense in this. It's so good. It's really good. We do have a League of Legends advice question that was sent in to this Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering podcast. podcast. Ridiculous. Nathan White writes in, which is a good username, and says, Dear Smart, this isn't a magic question. Oh, I finally got it. Advice. Nathan White's a regular in the stream and on Nationwide, the Discord. Yeah. Nationwide. I finally got yeah. it. Nathan... Great name. 10 out of 10. Never realized that. I know some of the basics of League, like runes and spells, but every game I get overwhelmed at what to do and what items to get. Are there any beginner's builds or easy champs to help me learn the game? I would also love an answer from Riley. Riley, you can probably feel this one. I'm going to take take that bathroom break we talked about. So I'll jump in real quick, and then Dennis can tell you how much of an idiot I am to have these perspectives and opinion. So I found it the most fun to play bottom lane um, as as a ADC with a character whose moveset is at least intuitive and not complicated. Like you can, you just, you have a gameplay loop that makes sense uh, and, and pretty straightforward objectives. You don't have to worry about too much. So I didn't enjoy playing top because you're there by yourself and you, there's no one to bail you out and no one to give you advice on positioning or anything. Playing bottom with a, with an experienced support helped me a lot because I mean, come back, come back too, too far, too far. Don't, don't, don't flash, don't flash. Like whatever. Like they, t- they, they give you a constant, update of like what you should and shouldn't be doing right and if you're with someone who knows what they're doing they'll be able to really like help you learn that very quickly um so i would definitely play adc not support because the support the playing support is much harder if like jungling i never even began to understand and mid lane is just mid lane is also like 
you're sort of playing by yourself as well. So I think playing playing bottom as an ADC is a good place to start. And I always picked Ash because Ash has a very simple kit and can mm-hmm. have a high impact on a game without too many complex like positioning maneuvers or tricks with the abilities and that sort of stuff and her, her she's not a particularly mechanically intensive champion not at all right like just pure dps she's really squishy but like pure dps and you just it basically all you need to do is just not overextend like wherever you are basically the piece of advice i give you for playing with ash is always just come back like just a, a little bit further back than you think you should be and you'll mm-hmm. win a lot more games um but that that I can't like my experience kind of ends there. I like playing Misfortune as well. Um, very similar, very similar kind of hero. Caitlin also quite similar. Like a lot of ADCs are like that. Um, and what was the other one I enjoyed as well? There was another one I can't remember. Jinx. I can't remember, man. But um, the these these sort of ranged characters that can unload a lot of damage. Um, and rely. You you just need to find people because learning curve for league is ridiculous. So you need you need to find people who are going to help you climb that mountain. And I was lucky enough to have Dennis's mates, but even they weren't they weren't enough to keep wasn't enough up. to get you over the line. Wasn't enough. We'll get you so, back in. We'll get you back in. You like um I actually don't think playing top is too bad an idea because you are by yourself, agreed. Mm. But you're also quite out of the way. Jungler doesn't head up top as much as they should as they do with the other lanes because dragons spawn more often on the bot side of the map. So your top is often displayed like described as single player league. And it really is a lot of the time. Now, the specific question you have here is what items to get. Ah, what are the beginner's builds or easy champs to help you learn the game? I have no easy idea. Easy champs, Ash is an easy champ. Oh, I like easy easy champ. Gar- yeah, easy. Yeah, easy champ. Garen's an easy champ to play top. That was I was playing I played a lot of Garen as well. Yep. Yep. Um you want to download an extension. There's a couple of them, but the one I use is called porofessor.gg. Mm-hmm. And it does your runes for you. And when you start a game, it'll pop up a little extra screen. Um that you have to tab out to if you don't have two monitors. With what items you should build on that champion in what order. And I just build those basically every yep. time. See, I did a similar thing, but I would just not have, I didn't have the extension. I would just look it up and then you learn it by heart very simply. But there's an, yep. there's an app for that, Dennis. Yeah. OP.UG will give you stats and all the different builds and stuff like that. There is conventional wisdom you can lean on for mm. that stuff. People, people have done the run, run the numbers for you already. But yeah, play Garen, play, you know, Darius, maybe very similar as well. Mm-hmm. Mordekaiser, Renekton, there's like, brawly fightery champions in top lane yep. or play ash jinx especially if you can get a friend to duo with and get them to play support yep that's probably the best way to go. Uh, honestly i think like i know what dennis is saying but dennis is coming from someone who has like this is coming from someone who's played years of league and has, I, I would imagine has forgotten how intimidating it is to go into a game or buy, buy oh no i remember it's a it's a total so i would i would result. definitely say play adc and just till you've got an, just an idea of like basic positioning and like mechanics that is like what the long grass does what vision means that sort of stuff right because yeah you need to know all that um to even and 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 here's another thing as well. Here's a a more general and broad piece of advice, right? Because Nathan White, if you're a magic player like you know, like Dennis and I, like the rest of people who listen to this podcast, probably you are going to be obsessed with playing not just well but optimally, playing perfectly. You're going to be so far away from that. <laughs> Something that in magic is a lot easier to do, a lot faster, right? Just because there's no mechanical gameplay, right? No like time pressure, nothing like that. Well, less, certainly less, yes. So, you know, you look at cards in hand and you've got maybe four decisions to pick from or four choices to pick from a decision. And sure, you know, once you're at the level of like, you know, the, the Finkels or the PVs or the LSVs, you're making branching decision trees that can calculate 64 different possible paths, right? But ultimately, like, you play pretty optimally with Magic pretty quickly. With League, it's not even possible. So... What I'm saying is don't fight for that extra 5%. 
if you find a build that is like 90 to 95% fine, you shouldn't be there sweating like, oh, I need this rune or I need to build this to this item or whatever else because like near enough is good enough at this level of play. And I think that goes for most games. Like, remember, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was playing Civ and I messaged him like, I just yeah, can't. Yeah, talk to me about this. You're like, Dennis, I need help. I just can't do this because I started playing Civ and like I would get about 50 turns and be like, ah, I'm going to stop. I can't. Like, uh, I'll, it's I'll just, not going perfectly. I'll, I'll just start again, right? Because, you know, Holland or sorry, the Netherlands built a, a city where I wanted to build my third city. And now I just don't want to build. I just don't want to play this game anymore because I had this plan. And Dennis was like, you need to adapt. I'm like, yeah, but I just want it to be perfect every time. What if I build the wrong unit? What if I build the wrong Civic, whatever, right? And you just can't. And this is something that magic teaches you. And a lot of the time it's good, but sometimes it's bad. And it impacts your enjoyment of things when you're not playing perfectly. And that's something you have mm-hmm. to let go of. How's that? That was perfect. That sounded like good advice. Really good advice. Like it's- also, for anybody out there who plays League, ADCs suck right now. But at the ELO that Nathan White is at, I don't think it matters. <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to do some high-level league strats, Dennis? Is that what you want? I'm, I'm, ready. I'm in the silver three, so no, I do not want to do some high-level league okay. strats. Silver three, that's pretty bad. What's the equivalent of that? Is that just silver like in arena? Pretty much. It goes really? bronze, silver, platinum, diamond, grandmaster, whatever, yeah. So you're that bad, huh? Imagine being stuck in silver on arena. Oh, my goodness. Oh, silver in, silver in league is a lot better than silver in arena. That's what I'm asking. Is it the equivalent yeah. of being silver in arena? No, it's the same. No, like because the le- like the rank decay is much slower in. It's not even just that. Like the vast the number of people who are just unranked is huge. Right, right. Okay, sure. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Whereas, like, like I would consider myself at least competent. I know what all the champions are. I know what all the champions do. I know what all the mechanics are. Mm. We win north of fifty percent. My win rate master champions is like sixty percent. Mm. Fifty between fifty six percent. Sometimes it's like forty. But like, and I'm in silver three. Okay, so you like plat then. Plat, plat. In arena, in arena, yeah, probably. Like yeah. Plat diamond, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay, excellent. Well, that's our league advice question. That's the league advice segment. If you've got league questions that you need answered, I mean, if you need the expert advice of someone who apparently is such a scrub they can't get out of silver, well, Dennis is here, standing by, waiting. No, for I'm right here, <laughs> Dennis. We've got an update. I'm excited about this. This is very good. I like this. If you've got an up, if you've if you've submitted a, a question and you've got an update for us, we'd love to hear from you. And that's exactly what Dustin Callahall has done, got in touch with. And the reason I'm saying Dustin Callahall. And using the full name of Dustin Callahall is because Dustin Callahall has been hoist by their own petard, allowing us to dox them in this way by using their name, Dustin Callahall. Here's the yep. original submission from Dustin Callahall from episode 54. When I was younger playing EDH with friends, I found out that you, if you go to the bathroom or step away from the table, you didn't get target or attacked. So every game, if I set up a threatening board state or was about to die, I'd pass my turn, say I have six, and then go and hide in the bathroom. Classic power this. move. Great way Very to get effective. out. Really, really good. Here's an update from Dusty. Update on my uh, power move of going to the bathroom during EDH to avoid getting targeted. How I have been punished for sharing my favorite podcast. <clears throat> my playgroup now knows of this move that I haven't done in some years. Now, anytime I have to go to the bathroom, I live in fear of coming back to the table dead. Thank you <laughs> for giving them such power over me in EDH. Now I dread needing to go to the bathroom while in a game. He's pissing. Get him. <laughs> How good is the? I, I love this. I love this idea that you submitted this as a power move and we've been like 10 out of 10 power move. Great work, Dusty. So good. And now the power mover has become the power movie. And now you have to sit there with your legs crossed, mate. You can't go and have a whittle because you're going to come back and find that the three of the other three players have all, all ganged up on you. You love to hear Wonderful. it. Wonderful so, justice. So good. Uh, Dusty also has um, a little bit of feedback for us, Dennis, uh, mm. which is quite interesting. Uh, I hit it at the back end of the show and you'll find out why when I read the feedback. I really like it when one of you doesn't know what the questions are. 
So please not uh, continue not to read the questions. Your honest reactions make the show have a very real feel to it. Now, Dennis, what did Oops. you do this week? <laughs> this time I read the question because you've gotten me too many times. Oh, and I got, got to the end of the song, I, was like, I got to the end of the song, I was like, oh, I feel bad yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis, I, I was harvesting some questions and Dennis kind of sat there and I assumed that he was reading the, because he sent me the wiki page for the Metal Gear Solid 2 Easter eggs and secrets. Mm. And so I assumed that he was reading through that because he had a very concentrated look on his face. And then he's just gone, oh, I'm like, what? He goes, oh, I just read Dustin's bit of feedback. I'm like, oh, you were reading the questions? <laughs> um, but it uh, turns out there's at least one fan of your ill-preparedness, Dennis. I prefer to call it spontaneity, but ill-preparedness is definitely a reasonable and more accurate term. Mm, mm, mm. Well, what can, we, what can we expect in the future? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Really? I may, I'm, you know, you can expect me to return to not reading them. I wasn't punished this week, so I'm back to my old ways. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I put one little bit at the end there, hoping that that would catch you out, but it didn't catch you out. So full credit to you, Dennis. Well done. Anyway, thanks for the update, Dusty. But I think that's it. I think that's it, Riley. It's time. Turns out, <laughs> it's time for us to eat our dessert, Dennis. We've got through all the boring advice and pretending about the magic. It's time now to talk. About Hideo Kojima's 10-hour postmodernism it's college to- essay. It's now time to talk about Hideo Kojima's game of every year, Metal Gear Solid 2. 2. Sons of Liberty. <laughs> Do you know that the original title for Metal Gear Solid 2 was Metal Gear Solid 3? <laughs> I did not this know is that. True. Is that this, true? Is, this is a true fact. The, the original title for Metal Gear Solid 2 was Metal Gear Solid III. What? Yeah, this is true. Uh, representing the towers, some of the three tallest uh, skyscrapers of New York City, which obviously were scrapped because... Two of them stopped existing? Two of them stopped existing. Three months before the game came out? Yes, the game had a whole, like, destruction of New York City, vehicles being crashed into buildings. Uh, in there the- is a... Yeah, so in the actual game... The uh, Arsenal gear at the end. Spoilers for a game that came out oh, yeah. literally like 20 gonna, years ago. If you, if you ever want to play Metal Gear Solid 2, and you should... Stop listening now because from that here on said, out- Riley watched an entire synopsis of this game about six months ago and remembers none of it, so it's so impenetrable it might not matter. Maybe it doesn't matter, actually. Maybe you can listen. Yeah. All right. Arsenal so- Gear leaps out of the Hudson Bay and it crashes through New York. Yeah. And, in the, and, and in the game, it's weird. It just kind of cuts to it doesn't you, show you on the top, top of a building. And Riley was like, why did it cut there? And I was like, because Riley, this giant machine launched out of the Hudson, out of the Hudson Bay and crashed through the financial district of New York City. And this game came out in November of 2001. <laughs> So there was some content cut from the game there just at mm. the last minute, understandably so. Um, so, once again, you play a snake. You uh, are going to investigate mm-hmm. a facility or a, a tanker, an oil tanker, that is said to have a Metal Gear on it. You've got a, you know, bloody, it's under threat from terror. What, oh, normal stuff. Snake going in, saving the world from, from the Metal Gear. For about two hours or less, yeah. maybe, because then the game jukes you, Snake dies, and you start playing as this other clown. <laughs> this foppish, white-haired greenhorn, Dennis, with one of the whiniest voice acting performances I've ever heard. I mean, I feel sorry for the voice actor because it was probably under direction that they sounded so annoying. Riley's living every Metal Gear, Metal Gear fans fantasy. I don't know why I cared so much about like playing a snake. I only played Metal Gear Solid 1. I was like, oh, this is fine. And then immediately an hour into or two hours into Metal Gear Solid 2, I had Snake taken away from me. I don't know why I felt so indignant about that. <laughs> it's like Snake and I are long, like, long, like, long-term friends or anything. Anyway, then it turns out turns out that Snake isn't dead. He's now called Iroquois Pliskin, and he helps you as you investigate this area that is 
holding offshore it's like a waste processing facility that's cleaning up an environmental disaster but then turns out it's not because it's hiding a bunch of nukes and they're mm-hmm. getting stolen by terrorists, except turns out the terrorists aren't there to steal the nukes after all. And they're not terrorists. They're the third secret clone of Big Boss and also the president. And also the ex-president. It's also Bill Clinton who then went to a life of like pseudo-terrorism <laughs> afterwards or some or something while George Bush was taken prisoner on the thing and then kills himself. Uh-huh. You think all of this sounds far-fetched? Oh, no. No, no, We got no. this far in it. I told Roddy this game was way off the rails yeah. and way headier than the first one. We got in, he was like, this seems okay. It seems and I was fine. Like, okay, like, for first a of Kojima all, game, it's fine. First of all, Hideo Kojima has definitely shifted your perception of what counts as normal in yeah. fiction. <laughs> like, so, so there was a point where Dennis is like, are you ready to jump off the deep end? I'm like, all right, sure, sure, sure. And then we get to a point where you fight the ex-president of the United States by knocking him off a rail. Like, oh, that's him down. And then he emerges back up. He, he flies back up from where you, you locked, knocked him off of this ledge. On the back of a Harrier jump jet, which he then gets into, and you then fight him. <laughs> you fight Bill Clinton in a Harrier jump jet with a rocket launcher. And Riley's like, this is pretty grand. This is fine. Know. Like, that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> then, oh, there are double crosses. There are triple crosses. And then it gets to a point where, like, you 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 meet up with George Bush, who explains the whole twist. Riley's right? talking about Solid Snake and President Johnson, but in reality, they would be, like, it's the equivalent of, like, Bill Clinton and George Bush. What are they named? George Sears or something? And I don't know, whatever. George Sears, yeah. Anyway, so you talk to George Bush, and he's like, oh, this whole thing is just an Illuminati conspiracy. And there's a group of people called the Patriots, right? Well, no, called the Lalilulelo. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dennis. I forgot to mention. They're called the Lalilulelo because any member of the Patriots has been... Um, uh, programmed not to be able to say the word patriot. Instead, they say lalulelo instead of patriot for some reason. That's okay, sure. So he explains all that, and you're like, ah, oh, so this whole thing's just government conspiracy. And then it turns out that basically everyone is in on this conspiracy. Like, there's not anyone who, at some point, like, there are factions. So there's one. There's one woman, right, who is Hold the it. head. Olga is the head of the the Russian mercenary army that is, like, helping the terrorists out. But then it turns out that she is also a member of the Patriots, which means that she is, at the same time, fighting for and against the Patriots, right, with her Mm -hmm. Russian army and also helping... But she's helping out by hiding in a ninja suit with a katana (laughs) and calling herself Deep Throat. But here's the best bit, Riley. Her soldiers are working for her. She's working for the Patriots. Yes. They are guarding the facility from you, who is working for the Patriots. The Patriots. So everyone is working for the Patriots at the end of it, except for, like, one Ocelot. guy. <laughs> no, but it's not even... Hey, do you know why he's... he? So Ocelot is a... a, he's, a he's an agent of the Patriots. The reason he's not in charge... The reason he ends up not working for the Patriots yes. is because his arm... <laughs> This is not a which was cut off, which was cut off by a his, cyborg ninja. His arm got cut off by a cyborg ninja in the first game, right? He then had it replaced with the, an arm from Snake's cloned brother, Liquid Snake, who then takes over his body as like a mm-hmm. ghost possessing him or something from this arm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, and flies off in a Metal Gear to take down the Patriots. So he's the only person who's not a Patriot. Is the possessed. Revolver Ocelot arm. with an arm that used to belong to an like an ex-terrorist, basically. It is so wild. We're not even at the point where the people who sent you on this mission and who you're communicating with the entire game aren't real. Oh, sorry, I forgot about this. Yeah, so there's the you've probably heard the famous like the Colonel line, right? Turns out the Colonel's just an advanced AI who has been impersonating a bunch of different people when they call into like like Raiden, you need to go in this door and you need to get this weapon, right? Turns out that was all just an AI. 
which malfunctions mm-hmm. when you upload a half-written virus into the AI's core, <laughs> which doesn't complete because the woman who wrote it was killed by a bisexual vampire. <laughs> I don't know why the bisexuality part is an important part, but it's a very important part of his They address story. it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's brought up a lot. Uh, this vampire stabs her. Not a traditional way for a vampire to kill, you know, to kill someone. Yeah. Um, so, that so she dies before the virus can be put up all the way, right? Well, no, someone altered the virus, right? Oh, sorry. I obviously didn't understand the finer the nuances. The Patriots of- altered the virus so that it deleted the names of the Patriots from the server. And then it turns out... That the terrorists weren't after the nukes altogether. As I said, they were after the names of all the people who were patriots, right? And that, I was like, okay, that is, a, that is, that is a beautiful resolution, right? Because you go through and you're like, all right, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this, why are they behaving in this way? They're here to capture these nukes. They're here to hold the city of New York, New York City ransom. Why are they behaving in this way? And then at the end, it turns out the guy's like, oh, never, never cared about the nukes. I knew that if I ever captured this thing, We'd be obliterated. Like the rest of the army would just destroy us as soon as, as soon as it became captured, right? Never cared about that. All I cared about was capturing the database inside it that had the names of all these patriots. And I was like, Kojima does it again. 10 out of 10 game of every year, right? Like it is a convoluted and bloated plot and Kojima still needs an editor, but I thought that actually makes sense. Turns out (laughs) in the post credits scene, that the names of all the patriots, once they're finally uncovered, all died a century ago. So there is no such thing as the patriots. The pa- Riley, like, I, I, like, like we got the, the patriots. The I, this whole thing is like, oh, this is Illuminati, and they, 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 it's fake news and triggering all this other secret behind the scenes stuff. And then it turns out they've all been dead for a century. So I, I don't know what to think anymore, Dennis. Like the stunned silence I heard over Discord when Otacon says they died over a hundred years oh, ago, oh, and there was a pause, and then I just went, "What? <laughs> so, so ridiculous." So ridiculous. (laughs) However, this game came out in a political climate of Mm -hmm. international neoliberalism, neo-imperialism, if you want to call Mm -hmm. it that, right? The idea of an interventionist America that was not focused inward. It was forcibly exporting democracy to the world. You know, the war on terror, the war in Iraq. These, this was the political climate. Extensions of basically like Korea and Vietnam before that. that we headed you know? into after the release of this game, right? So this, but this game's focus, if you'll believe it, is on controlling public access to information, fake news, digital, the, the digital information economy. And who influences that, controls that, what artifacts of information are kept and what are filtered out, right, to inform public perceptions. And this idea is like, as we move now into the 21st century, into the into the millennial, like the digital millennium, right, we're now at a point where history can be made by anyone because, you know, years and years ago, if, a, if history would filter out sort of a survival of the fittest thing, it would get rid of ideas that weren't worthy of being passed on. Whereas now, a fa- like Facebook saves everything, Twitter saves everything, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, geez, that's bloody, bloody hell. That's, it's exactly what's going on now. It's what's been going on for the last five years. 20 years you later. Know, it's been, it's been going on for the last five years. This whole idea of fake news, disinformation, the media controlling, uh, people's perceptions. Fake, else. fake news, fake like news. people, like people presenting you with fake information that becomes indistinguishable from the truth. And that's, and if something, good, like a core, a core tenet of the game is if enough people believe something, it is as good as true. It's as good as true. And that's a core tenet of the game. 
and you think, yeah, sure, that's one of that, that you know, that's where the world, that especially where America, because it's a very introspective, even though it was written by someone who's Japanese, mm-hmm. very, very introspective piece of American reflection. Even the name, Sons of Liberty, is what the original, you know, founding fathers called themselves during the Revolutionary War. That's right. So it is, it is a critique of what it is to be American, right? And you sort of think if that came out today, you'd be like, yes, okay, it's just ref- it's it's reflecting the current political climate. This came out twenty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it came out twenty years ago. So this is like something coming out in nineteen eighty that discusses the rise of Islamic fundamentalism and the and the World Trade Center attacks. And like, I'm not saying it's there, crazy. I'm not saying there wasn't Islamic fundamentalism in nineteen eighty or nineteen seventy nine because there was. And, and not, not just like they're saying there wasn't any disinformation in two thousand one because there was, but it didn't dominate the global political climate to the point that it does. And it's even like, he also talks about like you know people use the internet for useless information mm. all the time. Mm. It's filled with all this trite, unimportant nonsense. People are publishing their whole lives, yeah. and this is like five or six years before things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram even exist. It is. It is just so ahead of its time from a subject matter perspective. perspective. Gameplay, clunky as hell, really dated, had a lot of frustrating moments because you can't move while you shoot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, so just to, uh, sorry, we're going off track here a little bit from the story, but like to aim a gun at like a robot, you have to select it from the menu, equip it, open first person mode, aim, then press the square button to shoot. And if you press the trigger, instead of doing it, it unequips the gun. So there were a lot of times where I would pull out the sniper, pull it, like point it at an enemy, and then just immediately unequip it and stand up. Some of these things are are a problem with you playing with the PC port, honestly. Yeah. In that the first person mode is not a toggle on console. It's a hold. That's, that's even worse. Uh, maybe. Yeah. And um, to shoot, you... Don't you just hold the square button and how fast you release it is how oh yeah because it's, just no, yeah, it's pressure sensitive yeah so there are some gameplay issues but I have to say from in in terms of a, from a storytelling perspective what a movie Dennis I know right like if we were in the middle of a cutscene and Riley was on Discord I mean he's like we're just watching a movie together I could have <laughs> deposited my my controller at a local bank and got a twenty four month term deposit with a very favorable re- re- rate of return. Come back and control two percent of a free controller at the end of the year. That's it. I would have got a two point five percent return per annum on this control that I put away for two years because I didn't need it during the last cutscenes. And Metal Gear Solid Two is not even the worst one. MGS Four has a seventy-one minute cutscene. Just a film, just a full-length feature film, just Shrek. Yeah, (laughs) we just get to watch Shrek halfway through the film. Um, It's really good. It's really, it's a really good game. Um, It is bloated and clunky. Replaying with you made me realize I don't understand why it has such mass appeal because it like the average person cannot possibly care about it. I think this. the only reason that I found it as enjoyable as it did is because I had like gamefacts.com basically on a call with me the entire time. And if I was any if I was like, whoa, 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 I'd pause it and I'd say, what does that mean? And you'd be like, ah, just wait till this bit or, oh, well, it means this or, oh, you missed this before. And so that's what it means, right? And My that- favorite bit was many times we'd, we'd finish a cutscene and Riley would go, okay. okay. And he'd pause and be like, so let me just talk through this, mm. get my red twine out, get my pinboard out. And, and that is, that's another out. problem of the game. I don't like, obviously I'm, I'm picking, like overall the game is a, it's a masterpiece. Oh, it's way too dense and way too bloated. But like, it's simultaneously bloated and dense, which is not usually the case for things. There'll be a cutscene where like three twists are unveiled. It's like, just give me a bit of breathing space, right? Like, give me give me some time. Give me a little bit to be like, oh, my goodness, Revolver Ocelot did that? And then before, like... It lost... I feel like it lost you a little towards the end. 
It did. With the double, triple, quadruple crosses. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and also the other, the other thing that really whiffed for me is Raiden, like just as a character, the stuff that he was supposed to care about and being invested in, the whole reveal about his backstory and stuff. I, I just, ne- like, I, we, you'll notice we haven't talked about it at all. No. Because I just, I never cared. Yeah, they don't make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah, I never cared. I never cared about that. You know, I, I feel like it was just, it was just a mistake to, to not play as Snake because. Uh, I think they noticed, I think they did, I think they know that because in Metal Gear Solid 3, yeah. it's a prequel, obviously. Yeah. But obviously, it's a prequel. Obviously, it's a prequel. Um, but you play as Big Boss, yeah. which is just Snake again, just honestly. Snake, yeah. And you are just a CIA agent on a mission for the CIA. Yes. Because there's, there's all this like backstory stuff with Raiden that you're supposed to care about, like this mysterious past and his relationships and all that sort of stuff, his dark secrets. And at every point that that was, I was just like, I don't care about this. Just hurry up. Come on. Come on, Kojima. Mm-hmm. Let's go, mate. Let's go. Anyway, 10 out of 10 game of every year. Kojima does it again. <laughs> It's crazy, right? Like, it just doesn't... There... I think you get a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome in Metal Gear games after a while. Dennis, I'll make this confession publicly. I went into Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 being like, I'm going to play these games because, one, they're available on PC. I can access Mm -hmm. them pretty effortlessly, right? They're available on GOG. Mm -hmm. Very, very easy to get. And Dennis has played Halo with me. I've shared one of my cultural touchstones with him. It's time for him to share one of them with me. I'm looking forward to this, right? It'll be good to hang out with my best mate. Now I want to play three, four, and five, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate five, it. honestly, you could miss. I mean, well, look, no, five is an amazing action game. Yeah. Bad Metal Gear game. Okay, so like Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, four, three, and four is the core. I would just call the core Metal Gear experience. Saga. All right, and like from a story perspective, you could probably skip three if you really wanted, but three is the best one, so don't do that. Okay, well, more Metal Gear coming up. I think we're going to take a break from it. We're going to play Oberdin on Friday. Yeah, Dennis is going to play The Return of Oberdin. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wish I could delete this game from my memory so I could play it for the first time again. Oh, I love that game so much. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening to our quote-unquote Magic the Gathering advice podcast, everyone. Mm-hmm. What a pleasure it's been to have you company. We'll be back next week with probably less Metal Gear chat. There'll be more Metal Gear chat in the future. There'll be some Oberdin chat. <laughs> probably some Oberdin chat, so look forward to that. If you haven't played Oberdin, get it. How much is it at the moment, Dennis? Oh, I don't know, but it wasn't too expensive. It was like five pounds, sub twenty dollars for sure. Something. It's it's so so cheap, and it is one of the best games that has ever been made. It is so good. Um, if you like murder mysteries and uh, sort of this game is sixteen euros and seventy nine cents. Okay, so it's cheap. I think you got it on sale. You got during the sale, didn't you? I believe I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so it's so good. Um, it is it is a if you like murder mysteries, if you like uh, an, the sort of old school graphic aesthetic, if you like Sudoku's. You will love this game. It's so good. It's from the guy. So who I'm excited now. I'm excited. Oh, mate, I can't wait. I can't wait. Anyway, we're done. Thanks we'll, for listening. We'll play, we'll play tomorrow. Uh, we will. We can. Yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Later, everybody. Okay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>